I'm Izzy, and my guest today is super, super dope. He's someone that has been in the music industry since 2009 and has brought so many of us into the industry and with help of his team and everything like that was actually one of the first people to be involved in the first Latin music festival. So Jesus, thanks for joining me today. Wow. What an intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for having me, Izzy. You're the first episode of the Hispanic Heritage Month campaign that I've been so aggressively uh, recording for and working on for a minute now. And I'm just like super excited to record this episode and go live later on this week. And I'm like honored to have you on. So for the people that don't know who you are or don't know everything that you've touched, like that Latin music fest or anything like that, do you want to give a brief intro as to who you are and what you do? Wow. Who am I? Um, Well, as you stated, my name is Jesus, uh, last name Gonzalez. Uh, Many folk uh, in the industry know me as Malverde. I'll get into that uh, a little later. But um, uh, currently, I am the Vice President of Creative Latin at um, Performance Rights Organization, uh, Broadcast Music Inc., known as BMI. Um, I oversee all our Latin music genres. Um, At BMI, we represent uh, songwriters, producers, film and TV composers. Uh, We we collect their their royalties uh, domestically and have, uh, you know, reciprocal agreements with PROs, which is, you know, public uh, rights organization uh, globally. Uh, So we collect royalties for our affiliates, right? Our BMI Familia uh, on a global level in some instances uh, for radio, broadcast radio, all the DSPs, which is the Apples, the Spotify's, the Amazon Musics. uh, Also all the streamings, the the Apple Plus, the Paramount Plus, right? All these platforms that are popping up and of course, uh, traditional film and and TV. So I've been in this uh, role um, going on uh, almost a year and a half. And um, prior to that, I was at Universal Music Latino, uh, where my uh, most recent role was Senior Vice President of Brands and Partnerships. Uh, there I spent about seven years total, you know, coming up the ranks, um, really helping to, to, to build out the, the brand partnership division, which uh, really focused on revenue outside of the recorded music. So we're the ones that really focus on auxiliary revenue. So when you saw a brand, let's say Pepsi and Balvin, you know, we did a lot of his first, you know, deals uh, when we were first launching uh, him domestically back in like 2013, you know, we did Juanes MasterCard, you know, uh, Julian Alvarez and Toyota, the first, you know, Toyota entry into the regional Mexican, uh, the first regional Mexican artist to do a stadium tour. This was a uh, probably two, 2015, of course, it's that's grown exponentially since then. Uh, so have always been uh, in, in music, um, you, you know, uh, on the corporate side, but started my route as, as, as a composer. Uh, I was signed to Universal as, as a social political, social justice uh, artist, you could say, uh, in Spanish hip hop. Uh, I went by Malverde. So I was signed to Universal from 2006 to 2009. Um, and, uh, you know, prior to that, um, you know, was the first in my family to go to college and get my degree and work that Oracle. So very unorthodox, <laughs> you know, kind of, uh, uh, you know, I kind of went backwards, but you know, it's, it's a good indicator because I always tell people I reverse engineer myself into this role. Right. Uh, you know, um, 
was was born and raised in the Coachella Valle down by Palm Springs. Of course, everybody knows it now as, uh, you know, Coachella Music Fest, but uh, it's funny, you know, it's in India on the polo grounds. Coachella is, uh, you, you know, was, a, a, you know, it's grown up significantly now, but, uh, you know, coming up, it was, you know, pretty much, uh, very much a, like a Mexican farming town, right? There's a lot of agriculture, a lot of grape, a lot of dates. And, um, and so that's sort of the upbringing I had um, in terms of um, my, my background. You know, my, my family's from Sonora, Mexico on my mother's side. My grandfather was a bracero, you know, who came to this country as part of a work exchange program, um, you know, between Mexico and the United States after World War II. Uh, and he came to Coachella Valley with my then, you know, 14-year-old mother and her and, and, and the tias and uh, worked in the grapes, you know, at the age of 14 uh, and did that for almost 30 years so that uh, yours truly here could have a, a better shot, you know, and that included, you know, sending me to private Catholic school and giving me a good foundation. And uh, But at the same time, you know, summer breaks, winter breaks, uh, you know, sending my little ass out there to <laughs> pick grapes. <laughs> so, you know, kind of giving you the, the in a nutshell, uh, but uh, just, uh, you know, a small town boy that uh, had big dreams and had the, the support of the familia to pursue them, you know. You mentioned a few things there that I want to get into, but first... Uh, just growing up in that town and growing up in general, just around family and everything like that, was music always just a like a root in, in that family life, whether, whether that was from uh, actual parties or anything like that? Did you grow up playing instruments or anything like that? You know, being exposed to music at a young age, I think, you know, within Latin culture, right? Mexican, Colombia, you know, uh, whatever the, the root culture is, Boricua, um, there's such a strong, you know, tied to music, right? Food, music, family. So, uh, you know, definitely, you know, waking up on Saturdays and you heard the cumbias play and you thought, oh man, it's, it's time to do the chores. You know what I mean? Mom got like, <laughs> you know, she got los bookies and, you know, some cumbia and some corridos, Ramon Ayala, like, you know, so yeah, def definitely grew up with all the traditional, uh, you know, Mexican, me Mexican influence in terms of music. Um, but then that's where that dichotomy starts, right? Because uh, you're born, you know, I was first first generation born in the, in the U.S., right? Um, very strong ties to, to the motherland, you know, tios and tias and primos right across the border on the frontera in Mexicali, you know, down in Baja. And, uh, and so spending the summers over there and, 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 uh, and just growing up in that in, in culture, right? But at the same time, you know, especially... Um, you know, hitting middle school, high school, you, you know, we started getting exposed to, to like hip hop and, you know, other like urban music. So at home, you're, they're rocking the, the, you know, the traditional, but then, you know, we were exposed to, you know, the NWA, the Cypress Hill, the Tribe Called Quest, the, you know, leaders of the new school, like really coming, you know, and, and I fell in love with hip hop, with urban culture, you know? Uh, so that's where like that, that pool started in terms of, of, you know, being culturally assimilated into, you know, American street culture, but at the same time, you have that root, right? So going into, like, you're getting done with high school, was college always that first option for you? Or was it like, I don't know, let me go into a community college and kind of figure out my way? You, you know, it was, um, you know, a little bit of both, as I, as I kind of mentioned, you know, my, my mom, you know, 
the first on all sides of my family to, to go to college. But, you know, like my mother, um, you know, grandfather, my, my tata, you know, who, who, who was an integral part of, of raising me, um, you know, they, they really were like, you know, it's uh, school or this, you know, <laughs> and this was like hardcore, you know, picking grapes in 120 degree weather in the, in the you know, Palm Springs, it's desert, you know. Um, but, um, you know, just really instilled in me, just, uh, work ethic and, you know, we're doing this so, so you can do better, you know, and, and he at a young age, like, again, you know, they, they sent me to, to private Catholic school and you think, you know, they're picking grapes they're out in the fields, you know, like, and, and yet they, they invested in me, you know, like first through fifth grade. And it gave me such an academic base that it really propelled me through, through life. Right. <laughs> you know, in terms of that. You, you know that head start you know and and um they they themselves hadn't had the opportunity you know my mom my, my mother at 14 they didn't have the luxury right we think of it as a privilege or, you know it, for them it was a luxury and she needed to be <laughs> you know not needed but her and my tias were out there in the fields like many migrant field workers you know so my, my tata like he was like a self-made man you know he'd always be like yaki you know from sonora there's a yaki tribe you talk about how fierce they were and you're yaki and we're investing in you and he would show me his hands and they were like hard as rock you know just like working the earth for his whole life and he would look at my hands and he'd be like me oh like you, your hands are gonna be like you know the hombre de negocio, you know, and that was, <laughs> and, and he could come home from the field, like, you know, dusty, muddy, and he would shower, cologne up, and you're talking, you know, in the 70s, 80s, like, Stetson hat, all iron, cologne, like, he had such pride, right, you know, and pride in his, in being, you know, just hard worker and, and like this little tequilita until the end, you know, but he was my model right as as to what i needed to do to to do right by them right they're out there you know grinding sacrificing and, and he made it clear like you you know i don't have this you know he's all uh, for for us to work harder it's pick more grapes dig a deeper ditch right he's i want you to work with your brain you know and even now every time i talk about it, it's like <laughs> you kind of swallow <laughs> i mean my thought that rest in peace but like you know i look at my hands now and it's like they're those, <laughs> those, those nice soft hands that he wished up, upon me, you know, and, and, and I always laugh like, well, I have a couple of calluses, you know, hit the gym and stuff, you know, but that to him was, was such a, a thing of pride, right? Like my grandson is going to be a man of, of business. And even when we went to the bank, I mean, he would he start a little savings account for me and just at an early age. And you just think the impact it, it had on me. Um, to do right by him, to do right by by my mother. Um, on picture day, you know, at Catholic school, we wore, you know, our little dark dark corduroys, navy blue and a light blue shirt. And, but on picture day, everybody would be like in their joggers or, you know, little little polo. All my picture days are like three-piece suits. You know, t talk about J.C. Penny back in the day, what was it, Sears, going with grandpa, and he would get me suited up. And that was his vision of me, you know, and that's, you know, I think that what was so key in terms of being exposed and, and, and just the impact, right, of, of that positive reinforcement. And though my reality um, at the time, right, wasn't conducive to me thinking like, oh, business and, you know, entertainment, you know, I couldn't fathom it. But yet at a very early age, he started planting in me the seeds of, 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 that, of, of that inspiration, right, of that 
determination of like, you know, this, this isn't your reality, right? We're preparing you to, to embark and create your own reality. So you had all these people telling you you needed to go to college. You weren't going to last in the 102 degree weather. So what was their overall vision of college, given that you were a first generation student? In terms of college, um, you know, they obviously them having not gone through that experience, right? It's very difficult, you know, and that's why um, so many students in that position, right, maybe don't um, get the support or, you know, it's not for lack of support. It's just them not knowing, okay, these are like the FAFSA deadlines and this is like, you know, application deadlines and then oh, each application costs how much, right? So you think of all these factors that actually limit and impact that. So, um, yeah, my mom was very much involved, you know, in, in terms of you know, she's a tough woman, you know, she, she, she ended up being a, my, a mayordoma, <laughs> you know, means like a crew, crew leader had like 130, she's, you know, a woman that can like whistle, you know, like whistle, you get her two miles away, like, <laughs> you know, still smack the <laughs> snot out of me, like, you know, and, and really, you know, when I was coming up, I mean, they knew, you know, it's, it's school, it's college, right, for better opportunities, so, it was more the concept of like, yeah, you need to, you need to pursue education. And, um, you know, actually when, um, you know, when it came time, I applied to a couple of colleges and, you know, it, I did kind of get lost in the shuffle. I was, you know, at the time, you know, very much into like, you know, sports, football, wrestling. So, um, you, you know, I'm going <clears> to, <throat> you know, relive the glory days here, but, you know, I was, a, you know, all league champ in wrestling and, you know, placed in Seattle, you know, Southern California and all that good stuff. But, uh, you know, the glory days. But uh, so I had some like offers from colleges to do like wrestling and um, even even football. But, you know, being Mexicano, you know, I went to I made California all stars and we played the all star game. And I'm like, <clears throat> you know, like. Five nine, five ten, you know, with the, that, yeah. with the with the thick soul, you know, my Cuban soul. <laughs> I always say, uh, but I go to All Star, and some of these cats are like, "Yeah, I'm going to Michigan," you know, six six six, you know, three hundred pounds. I'm like, hmm, maybe I'll go to, <laughs> maybe I'll go to go wrestling, go the wrestling route. But but yeah, I was All Star, you know, football player and wrestling. That that kept me on, on that kept me on the on, on the on the straight path most of the time. But um, you, you know, so I was pursuing you know college that way. But I just remember. It, the summer prior to, to college getting a, a a bit caught up you know Coachella Valley um yeah you know like any any you know you know town city and it's always the east side right the east side valley but you know just the, the those temptations those uh you know um influences right that can be negative whether it's gangs drugs street life whatever and um you know just some bad influences that I didn't go right away and 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 then um you know i had some buddies that ended up going to um to college and visiting them i was like oh my god you know here i was ap honors classes all my my uh you know high school and definitely had the the ability so you know kind of sucked it up and 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 went to the junior college um you know there yeah. locally in the valley and and within within like a year, year and a half transferred to, to UC Riverside and, uh, you know, got accepted for creative writing. Uh, when I got to college though, one of the things that really motivated me was uh, Menito gave me this this book on Aslan, 
right? And the the conquest of the Americas. <laughs> and, it kinda, and then all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, <laughs> you, you know, like everything you've been taught, you know, it's like, uh, you know, really opened my eyes in terms of just, you know, cultural richness, right? And, right. and, and, um, and then I switched to poli sci right away <laughs> with <an> emphasis on <laughs> Latin American, you know, regimes and started studying, you know, uh, just the history of the Americas, right? And, and, and the systematic, like the colonial imperialist, uh, you know, conquest and, and that's motivating, right? Cause you're like, whoa, a lot of these things make sense now, you know, so. So poli sci, creative writing, where does the music really kick in? I was at, at on campus and there was a rally and there were these guys like rapping and it was all political. And I was like, wow, like, you know, I have a bunch of poems and one of my boys was a DJ and he's like, well, you know, these poems, if you put them to a four beat, like, and there you go. Next day, I was like a rapper, political, <laughs> social political <laughs> rapper. And that's how it started, you know, just on Damn. campus, just like, you know, putting it down for, you know, anti-187 at the time, whatever the proposition was. And, um, you know, we were like really like looking into like brown berets which is like the you know mexican version or you know kind of affiliated with the, with the black panthers and just really you know expanding my mind like started like taking a lot of you know aztec maya history and and, and really enriching right and it's it's amazing yeah. what what the study of history teaches one right in terms of the greatness of where we come from and 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 sort of some of the systematic you know some of the systematic historical reasonings for a lot of things you see around you right social political economic you know so it's empowering right um you know looking at some of the things happening now but uh you know it, it really was was key you, you know in terms of of me being you know finding purpose you know not just educating myself but really educating myself right and uh and, and music you know, became part of that as a uh, creative outlet. So I never meant for it to like pursue it in that way. Uh, but, um, you know, it, it was something that, that, that started there. And, and, and you know, I uh, ended up graduating with a degree of poli sci and um, graduated. Uh, my first job out of college was uh, working for a software company in marketing. Uh, which I did. And it was like working, you know, first in my family again to graduate and then first in my family to have like an executive type job. And, and but at night I was like in the studio, like making music. And it's just something I was passionate about. And it just got to the point where in the early 2000s, we, uh, you know, decided to, you know, with, with, with some of my partners to, to have a go at it. So imagine that first of my family graduate from college, <laughs> get an executive job. Then it's like, mom, I'm going to be a starving artist, you know? <laughs> uh, so, so it was, a, you know, it definitely, I got all the, all the talks and, ¿Qué estás haciendo? Eso no es trabajo. and you know, as, as most, you know, creative jobs, right? Uh, but let alone, I want to be an artist or I want to, you know, uh, pursue something like uh, like that. So so yes, I got um, you know a lot <laughs> a lot of that a lot of that pushback and and le metimos man and and I'm fortunate that within a couple of years uh, we had built up you, you know enough awareness where we we I signed to Universal Latino in 2006 uh, Machete label so my label mates were like you know Don Omar Wisin Yandel Daddy yeah. Yankee this was like the first run and I was like the the, the, the Mexicano hip hop, you know, like phase two. 
Uh, but, uh, you know, for those of, uh, uh, of the listeners too young to recall, like 2006, 2009, there was no Facebook, no, no Instagram, no Spotify, and there was nothing but pirateria. And that's their LimeWire and and and, <laughs> and your CDs on, on on the corner alley, you know, and yep. and and so the industry was hemorrhaging. So here I am, like <laughs> leave my corporate job, pursue this, finally get there, and the ship is sinking. You know, it's like yeah. it was truly hemorrhaging. I mean, we would go to the label, and it's like the whole radio department is gone, and it started getting <laughs> really bad. So 2006, 2009, um, got to really learn the business. Uh, from the inside, right? You know, never did I dream. You know, again, this mocoso from Coachella, you know, who 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 who's Tata was a bracero, you know, and and, yeah. and there I am with my college education, and now you know, sign a record deal, and now, you know, pursuing that. Um, the environment again was very volatile, uh, but within but within those three years, um, you know, I was exposed to a lot of the business side of it and I saw, you know, the positive, the negative, but one thing that really stood out to me was the whole convergence of brands, you know. Yeah. Um I was quote unquote, you know, a positive rapper. So all of a sudden like, you know, the label's like, yeah, there's a request, there's this agency and they're pitching a campaign. And I was like, what whoa, like what's that? Right. Yeah. And it was you know, it was a, a tequila brand and and uh, the agency was in New York and shout out my boy Jerry Rojas out there. Um, you know, he was leading that initiative and it was, um, you know, there was a tour and Pitt was on it, Joel Ortiz, Nina Sky, it was Jose Cuervo, wow. you know, it was like, you, you, you know, so I started seeing like, wow, the label side, it's like my projects like stalled, everything's like, you know, you know, in, in, in peril, right, in terms of just the, the business model was unsustainable, but then the brands were coming in and, you know, ended up getting sponsored by quite a few brands and just building those relationships. Cause then I was like, Whoa, it's, it's over here. Brands are trying to tap into what we have, which is, you know, our culture and access to this demographic. Right. And me having a you know, sort of business marketing background was like, Whoa. So, <laughs> so I was like, okay, label's cool. Like, you know, we're trying to survive, but really what sustained me was like doing all these brand opportunities and um, sort of learning that game to the point I was like, okay, I see what you guys are doing, but you know, there's a certain, you know, certain factors that, you know, could be better, right? So then I kind of positioned myself and that was again, thanks to a lot of people in the industry that, you know, supported me as an artist, but also, you know, saw something in me that I probably didn't see at the time. Right where they were like, yo, you know, so many people now, like artists and agencies, and and like that's a connector, that's like a consultant. I was like, whoa, that is. <laughs> you know, next day, LLC, right? It's like yeah. agency <laughs> consultant. But that was really the start. You know, just being, you know, you know, fortunate to know people on the brand agency side, and really, you know, some of these folks, you know. Jerry came out of my wedding type, you know, you know, yeah. 15 years later, like they've become familia. Uh, Sneaker Steve, who I hooked you up with, you know, he was at, at DC Shoes doing it big, you know, um, as a Latino in fashion. Um, you know, he supported me, my first package of gear, right? Where I was like, whoa, this is seating? What's that, right? So yeah. as, 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 as a brand, you know, um, tapping into culture, you know, genuinely. So that became sort of my, my lane, right? Like, helping brands genuinely connect with culture 
right? Because we see it where you see a, you know, something and especially consumers now, right? Everything's so native, so digitized, so that, um, you know, they're so savvy. So when you try to do something, it's like, and it's not genuine, it's a thin line between, you know, being praised and being boycotted, right? <laughs> it's like, right. So, so, so I became really sort of that, uh, sort of a broker of, uh, of cultura, right? Helping to connect genuinely those, 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 those dots. And, um, you know, I learned it as, as an artist and then connecting my colleagues and, and, and other projects. And, and then in 2009, um, you know, my relationship with the label <laughs> came to an end. Things were, you know, pretty bad in the environment. And it's one right. of those, well, release me. And they're like, okay, <laughs> so, I, got, I got no, you know, uh, social political music might not be the most commercial, but you know, my message was about inspiration, right? That right. if, 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 uh, uh, you know, a kid from Coachella had aspired to greatness and here I was like, you know, re reaching for it. Right. Um, you know, that's what I really like to convey in, 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 in my content. Right. So I was, I was proud of it, you know? So when that came to an end, um, I was like, okay, you know, it, you know, is it necessity? uh is, is the mother of all invention right so then i really jumped into the consulting sort of agency side and um and went for broke so there's a there's a couple points one just taking that leap twice in that scenario like you you take that leap to just say hey i'm gonna be a starving artist it works out and then taking that leap when you see the ship is sinking a little bit and saying you know what i'm gonna be a consultant for someone that has parents like you have, like those decisions don't come lightly. And just knowing how much that your tata did for you and everything like that, like just seeing all that, like what was going through your mind? Because I know a lot of creatives now, uh, especially Hispanic creatives or just creatives in general, really, really struggle with when is that right? Like, is there ever going to be that right time? Is there ever going to be that light that goes off in the back of your head that says it's time to take that leap and like put put 100% into this to see if it works? So did that light ever go off? Or did you just jump? You know, I think it's, <laughs> it's it, it, that that's a, a very rosy uh, <laughs> a description of it. Sometimes it's it's not a jump; it's a push. Sometimes it's Absolutely. it's the it's the ledge you're standing on crumbling, right? And then you're falling. Then what are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, so so you know now in retrospect, right? Hindsight is twenty twenty, and, and and then and you can speak on it, but those those can be very dark times, right? As a creative, you're, you're pursuing something you're so passionate about. Are you gonna prove the naysayers right? Or are you gonna prove them wrong, right? So there's there's so many just emotional components and, and, and you know, I, I, I've talked to folks where I'm like, you know, there's junctures, right? And, and some right. people can say like, it's failure, right? And it is failure, but then when, once you confront it, like, what do you do? right do you fail and give up or do you fail and you internalize that you you learn from it and you you, you know what, what is it you you fail forward right yeah. or, or, or you know i like to think of that slingshot how did you right? learn that though like how did you learn that it was time to like feeling wasn't a bad thing because i know that's a lot of like that's a lot of people's well, pain points I, that's why i say i can say that now 
right? Because yeah. sometimes in that moment, your pride, the, the humiliation of facing something like that. Here I am signed to label. Now I'm not signed. I got dropped. And now mm. what, right? What? Who am I, right? And and that's not just as an artist in any profession, especially now, right? Like, if, if they take your title away, like, who are you? And that's that balance, right? Yep. That balance of, of of investing in yourself, of investing in what you do, but but you, your your mental health, your, your spiritually, mentally, physically, whatever your your therapy is, right? You know, and and I didn't have the tools then so a lot of it was kind of bumping my my way around i wish you, you know and you know i could paint it rosy but it's not right it's right. up down back forward back 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 and that's where i think that slingshot effect comes from right where you you know life profession a mix of everything right weighs on you weighs on you weighs on you. there comes a point where you know slingshot all that pressure right either it snaps or you let that go and where's it going? It's propelling forward, right? right. So something in me, you know, I, I, I call it the the yaki, <laughs> the yaki in me when I hear my tata, like, look at your hands, like whatever I'm going through isn't as, as doesn't touch what my grandfather went through, right. what my mother went through for 30 years. And that's what always anchored me. Like, it's my duty, like, what I'm going through is what my grandfather spoke about. Like, like I'm not digging a deeper ditch, right? I'm not picking more grapes. I'm not like nailing more, you know, hammering more nails. I literally just have to sit here <laughs> with my brain, <laughs> you know, the gift uh, I've been given, you know, to be in a position to do that, right? Right. And figure it out. And through through blood, sweat, and tears, literal you know and, and and figuratively and literally um it was uh some way somehow and it's not always the most talented the, the the strongest the sharpest that make it it's the one that didn't give up right right and somehow some way through you know a lot of <laughs> a lot of stress on my mind always stressing on you family colleagues friends that came to the rescue when you're when you are that starving artist right and 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 so absolutely what what propelled me that that support right that like that's wild like 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 how do you make ends meet how how am i getting my next consulting gig like you know how to go like and mother you know necessity is the mother of all invention that's all i can say and exactly you know i think along the way uh, just having those mentors, those supporters, that familia, that, that that brother that was like, yo, don't sweat it. Like there was no sell back then, but it was like, <laughs> I went to the bank, here's the deposit. You know, those, uh, you know, having those people that believed in me when I was like, oh, that's it. It's kind of crazy because I had a business get eaten up by COVID. And unfortunately, we're still paying bills and everything like that. And one of the things that I kept reminding myself through everything, through the unemployment, through not being able to, I mean, obviously not being able to find a job, trying to pay the bills, driving Uber Eats, all this stuff. One of the things I kept reminding myself of is that there's privilege in your struggle. Absolutely. The people that got you to this point, my parents, my grandparents, their, their parents, this is viewed as almost as an easy thing compared to what they did. And when I tell people that saying there's privilege in your struggle, they look at me weird because I think they think that I'm calling them like just privilege. But when you really, really look at your lineage or anything like that, it truly, truly is 
for me, I have to remind myself like, yes, I get super stressed out. Yes, there's there's things that come up along the journey, but once you get past those things, it makes it that much sweeter when you look back and say, hey, I did that. And that's like just being able to accomplish that for them means makes it that much sweeter. Absolutely. And so many people's path, you know, and, and, and that's why I think it's so important to speak on it, especially now where, you know, your story and, and just hearing it, brother. I mean, you know, man, congrats on being able to go through that and now using that to, to feel your fire even more. Right. And, and and that's what me when I was in those dark, those dark times. Right. You can't sugarcoat it. It's 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 where you're doubting yourself, imposter syndrome. I mean, every every you know negative thought or, or you know thing that that you can be confronted with on a yeah. mental existential level, um, you know. And 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 I remember you know reading a lot of philosophy and, and, and you know Nietzsche talks about you know the pursuit of art and how it's like the pure the art the more you'll get tested. Right. And I would always think that, like, you know, do you think it'd be that easy, you know, reaching for greatness? Do you think you're worthy? Well, andale cabron, you know, it's yeah. like, um, and I could hear my tata right there, like, andale cabron, puro yaki. And, and, and um, you, you know, it's just, again, that support system, family, friends, you know, familia, friends that are family, right? Those supporters. And, um, you know, one way or another, um, when you were about to give hope, it's almost like, you know, going to talk about you know things that have inspired me you know along the way those people are like oh man you know read this book and you know there's a couple one of them being you know the alchemist by pablo coelho right yeah building your, your personal legend and uh and and that always really you know inspired me like no this is you know the the, the test you know you have to you have to go for it and it's almost like it's true right right when you're giving your Oh, and it just seems like that's it. You're done, <laughs> but you're still reaching for it. It's like when you, you know when when all is when all else has failed, and then bam, the universe conspires in your favor, right? And it's almost like exactly. oh man, like like whether you believe in you know the osito, el universo, higher intelligence, it makes you like whoa, did I pass a test or you yeah. know did I un unlock something or is it just the the just probability right cause and effect? This is the fruit of of, of my efforts. However you view it, it it it, it gets you right. Like sometimes we're exactly. like whoa, it's like this is happening right, and 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 I had faith, and 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 what is faith? But um, you know um, that 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 burning desire that you instill into anything. So I'm a strong believer in that, you know, and just faith that you know, it, there's faith in the biblical sense, and I think faith in in in, in, in terms of intent, right? Yep. And, and and laws of attraction and all that good stuff. But there there's there's basis in that, right? Because when you have faith you are giving life to a thought, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to do this, I'm going to be this. And you create that thought, and when you create it and you inject it with that faith, right? Then you're giving it life. And I'm drawing from another book <clears throat> called Think Rich, Grow Rich. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, that book as 
you know, <laughs> as, as, as financial as it sounds, and it is, it, it almost gets into to some theology, right? When it talks Absolutely. about faith and intent, right? That um, faith is the elixir that gives life, power, and action to the impulse of thought. Mm. Like that statement, it's like, it's almost like a, a little prayer I say to myself, but it's from, uh, you know, that book, Think Rich, Grow Rich. And it really, you know, goes beyond just economics, right? And anything. That faith part is super uh, interesting because I found, uh, I forgot where I, I might have saw it just scrolling through Twitter or something. But the quote I'm referring to is actually, your creative ideas have a shelf life. And when you actually go out and take action on those ideas, you're putting faith in yourself. And when I when I read that, I was like, huh, interesting. Just that first point is interesting in, in itself. Like I, I'm definitely someone that has an idea, writes it down, and then goes back to it. But the whole shelf life thing, I mean, this Hispanic Heritage Month campaign for me was very much like, I don't know if I can be, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to spend this this year, blah, blah, blah. And like, I read that quote and I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to be able to spend this. I'm going to make it wet. I'm going to make it work. And, we're going to make and, something and shake. And yeah, here and we are. Yeah. So <laughs> I think, I think that's really, really dope that as creatives, like we really struggle with, like, I, I feel like there's creatives out there and we've all come across them that are very good idea men. Uh, that don't like they're very very good with random crazy ideas but need help on the actual take action part of it but I think when we sit down especially uh, with people like your background um, you basically said you know what I have this idea and I'm going to take action on it and I'm going to go through those struggles I'm going to go through those that roller coaster of a life um, for those few years just to make make something shake at the end of the day and that's that's something that a lot of us can can take from this episode for sure. So from a actual, like people are going to listen to this episode and have possibly have questions for you, just uh, maybe some mentorship or anything like that. So for people that want to tune into your journey and follow along and everything that you're doing on an everyday basis, where can people find you? Where can people find out more as to who you are and what you do? LinkedIn um, is definitely um, a, a, a source of, of, great information and connection on a professional and, and personal level. Um, a lot of my my biggest opportunities, even my current one, have come from Lincoln. I mean, even us here, right? You posted yeah. on LinkedIn, hey, I'm looking for folks and was fortunate enough to have some of my colleagues. I think Peter Benedicto, my boy, shout out my boy, um, <laughs> tagged me and then I looked at your podcast like, oh, this is cool. Then you reached out, right? So, and for me, a lot of recruiters <clears throat> for, for you know, some of the major opportunities I've had, including this one, have reached out during LinkedIn. So yeah. uh, definitely find me there um, under Jesus Malverde Gonzalez. Um, on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, um, at Mr. Malverde, that's M-R-M-A-L-V-E-R-D-E, Malverde. And, um, and yes, always open, you know, folks hit me up uh, on LinkedIn all the time, just, you know, whether it's 
for a chat, cafecito, what, what, you know, whatever we can make happen. Nowadays, obviously, you know, one thing these past few years has has opened up. I know we're zoomed out, but at least it gives us the opportunity, right, to virtually connect, put faces to names, and 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 try to share. You know, always happy to share any insights or, or information that might be valuable to others in their journey, or a little pep talk or something. You know, yes, <laughs> that's what I, I I I needed many many a time. Absolutely. What makes you strange on purpose? You know, strange on purpose is 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 you know pursuing per, pursuing that 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 art that 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 dream, right? And and going against the grain, right? You're strange on mm-hmm. purpose. You're not um, settling. You, you know, it, it's that perseverance, that determination, that to others might seem not just strange but crazy, right? It's it's insane when you don't. Uh, fall in line and you dare to dream beyond the, the the reality in front of you right so we were both brought up by those that came behind us before us to be strange on purpose so we owe it to them to continue to be strange in purpose and always always go for it